Welcome. Sargrahike Jai. In case anyone has any questions, I, uh, Ultimate Frisbee is a Vaishnav sport. I wanted to let you know that. My reasoning behind that, as I've shared with others, is that I learned it from a Vaishnav. So, of course, in the Gita, it is also mentioned that one should be moderate in one's habits of eating, sleeping, and recreation. So, this is some of the recreation. So, it's nice to have everybody come here. We thought we'd try to spend a little time on the on the land here, <clears throat> and it's uh, developing stages. As long as the weather is clement, we'll continue to do this in the evenings and entertain questions from the learned devotees. But uh, as some of you know, we, we, with the help of the Vaishnavas here and Vaishnavis here in uh, Northern Car North Carolina, we were able to purchase this property two and a half years ago. And um, we actually purchased 80 acres and uh, subsequently, we, we purchased another 25, which is on the north end. This is on the south end. And we also purchased this 35 acres here. So altogether, we have about 150 acres. Very nice uh, property, magical property in my estimation. And um, very, very usable also in terms of the lay of the land, while at the same time, different sections that are very usable are beautifully and naturally demarked by the landscape. And so the area we're in right now is at the moment slated for the temple site. And it's, um, you, you, you can't see it from here, but if you could, the northern end of our property, we're on the southern end and there's a, this is a mountain top and, uh, or part of it, it goes up a little higher as well over here. But there's another mountain on the north end. So we have a mountain on the north and a mountain on the south. If you could see, there's some trees in the way so you can't see it, but if you could see the mountain at the north, you'd say, wow, that's a long ways away. <laughs> so it's a whole world here, uh, really. And um, it lends itself to many different types of activities, sharing our tradition with others, um, an internal uh, practice, living in different living situations for different uh, psychologies for the psychology of householders with families we have uh, lots that we've sold or lots that we're life leasing and making available in certain areas um, and where that psychology will work together with one another and so forth and then we have areas for retired persons um, couples for example um, and as well for lady uh, monastics or male monastics, plenty of room uh, for all these different uh, psychological, uh, devotional type of persons or stages of life. And then area for, as I said, for sharing, for outreach, for, for um, ventures that invite the public other than the temple hmm, to, uh, to participate in some way and uh, here to use the facilities, I should say, that would be down in the valley. Uh, where you first come in, um, and we would, we would, the idea would be we would host them, and uh, that would serve as some type of an economic engine for the project as well, and it would give such people a chance to interact with us at their leisure, uh, other than their, for example, use of the facility. Um, they can overflow into the 
into the monastery, the temple area, so on and so forth, and interact with the, uh, the residents here. Um, the residents, of course, include the cows, and you saw on the way up, perhaps, we're building a barn there. We call it the barn ashram because there's an ashram on top of the barn, and uh, Chidahari and Shamsaki will be living there and taking care of the cows as they are now. Um, we already have an active dairy here. We, we sell uh, raw milk to the community. Um, of course, um, I should mention that other than the immediate uh, acreage that we are presently on, we also own four acres um, up the road a little bit, bottom land all along the river, the broad French Broad River, which is very fertile. And uh, we're growing strawberries there right now. We have a 1,000 strawberries planted and uh, other vegetables, uh, some winter vegetables, and we plant again in the spring. So there's a lot of acreage there for growing. If you know anything about growing, four acres is like <laughs> they could feed the world, it would seem. Um, so <clears throat> there's a lot of good land and good scope for agriculture. And, um, and uh, beyond the acreage that we own, of course, as well, the, the county here, the surrounding area, is uh, very affordable. There are nice properties available at very inexpensively, and uh, and uh, there's opportunity for economy for for persons. A little uh, uh, um, desirous to live in the area, there's a way to live close to Saragrai, participate in it, and and uh, earn your livelihood. I say that in comparison to our other projects, Madhuvan and Audari, which don't lend themselves to that as well. Madhuvan is kind of our uh, pilgrimage place in Central America. You should come and spend some winter months there sometime. It's very, very beautiful, tropical. We have 130 acres there. Uh, but as I say, it doesn't lend to having a, a community outside of it as much, being in a, another country and visa issues and work issues and so on. And Audari, which is our um, ashram in Northern California, it's uh, smaller. It's 20 acres, but very beautiful and remote, like like Madhuvan. And this is the least remote of our properties. Um, um, but Audari is uh, is our kind of original uh, place. I I got that uh, property with a view to sit and write, and um, and uh, with a, with a, with a few devotees who would assist me. And um, at, that was about what. 11 years ago, 11 or 12 years ago, 1999. Um, a little history uh, for you, as you may know. I um, was asked by Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj to go out and do something for Swami Maharaj, as he affectionately referred to my Guru Maharaj Prabhupada, I see Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, to go out, do something to preach, start a mission. <coughs> um, at that time, I was a force of circumstances independent of any other mission. And so, um, you know, I did that as best uh, I could figure out how to do that. <laughs> we had one model at the time to follow, and that was Prabhupada's model, and he's a hard act to follow, if you will. Uh, as as ex extraordinary as his outreach was, so wide, uh, uh, so broad, and so forth, and so comprehensive in the way that it afforded engagement uh, for uh, a wide number of devotees. Of course, we were young. It's easier, perhaps, to engage the young people who are uh, 
toss uh, caution uh, to the wind um, by their very na nature of youth. But uh, but he was very expert and he created many facilities and so forth. So, you know, you go out and you try to start some temples and and whatnot. We, we, I started to write books because at that time we didn't have any books and there weren't any books of Prabhupada's that we could get either. So um, they weren't available to us at the time. So I began my writing. And I thought at the time I would try to write and create a reading type of audience. Hmm? People that were interested in the, in the teachings, the philosophy and so forth. And uh, it's been a few years here and there uh, thinking about opening centers and and opening some interim centers and working with some God brothers and kind of finding my way, so to speak, uh, in terms of Pujapachita Marja's order. And um, at a certain point, I decided that it was not very, that many people were traveling at the time, initiating uh, widely and collecting devotees and so forth. And I felt that uh, that uh, there's no need to duplicate that. So I, I I decided to find a place where I could sit, as I say, and write, and Aldaria was the place that I found. And, and so I had uh, a few initiated disciples, but I decided not to initiate any more disciples, and I would just try to make a literary contribution to the Gaudiya Vaishnava community. The problem with that is, <laughs> as you might guess, that if you write, uh, some people will read, and then some people will insist that they they won't take the shelter of anybody else. So I was in a bind. Pujapad Sridharmarsh once put it that one gives siksha, and by giving siksha, hmm, he gets uh, captured by the audience and then must give diksha. So if you speak, then there are consequences, I guess you could say. So we started at Audaria like that, but gradually some... People had to be connected, they felt, and and so I began again after some time initiating, and then uh, I wanted to create a situation, a living situation that I felt corresponded with my writing, and um, I had different ideas about what that should be like in terms of what had was there in terms of Gaudiya Vaishnavism and centers and uh, and so forth. I had a, a different uh, kind of idea in mind, and um, so I was working on developing kind of the setting, if you will, and not going anywhere, but still writing, and people were coming to see me, but um, a couple of devotees from Baltimore uh, were listening, uh, my good student and friend, Brenda Runyon, started to, to take my, uh, uh, well, she took my tapes first, and transcribed them into into words and and started turning out articles and and I said I had to have written a book if you want to see it and so she took it and edited it and designed turned it into a book and so on but then she took my lectures also and put them into CDs and I don't think there were mp3s in, in, in those days and she started circulating them and so some devotees were getting them regularly and so on, and two of them were a couple in, in Baltimore, who are you familiar with, named Archon City and Karnamrita. And Karnamrita was a little uh, hooked on that. Uh, he liked my my speaking, so he begged me several times to please come visit him in Baltimore, which I refused again and again. But uh, uh, the force of affection is such that uh, I couldn't resist. 
forever, and I made my way to uh, to Baltimore and their their um, very uh, warm and gracious home and association. And uh, and some of you, David Huti, used to come there and see me at that time. I see you in the audience. And uh, I went a few times there, and eventually they uh, had this uh, inspiration to move to North Carolina and change their living situation. And so they wanted to continue the invitation, extend further extend the invitation. That's how I started coming to North Carolina. And um, and despite the fact that um, uh, it wasn't in every way the most welcoming atmosphere, their house was always quite warm and I took note of the fact that the uh, the temple deities for Prophet Village um, happened to be uh, take up residence in uh, Archon City in Karnamrita's house where I was a welcome person although the local temple I wasn't welcome at so I thought well the deity has taken me in here uh, <laughs> and uh, I mentioned that to a few people and they, they seemed to shake their heads and I thought that I tried to say that that's our teaching you understand <laughs> that's how it works the deity is not a stone so yeah, gradually then of course uh, I kept coming back and um, and I told the devotees who were listening to me that they should have some project really that they, they could kind of call their own so to speak and and I had always had a thought uh, for a long time way back about Asheville and this beautiful area of western North Carolina. So I, I told them, you know, you, you should try to get a place out here. So gradually that's happened, and like I say a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago. In the meantime, in the midst of that, of course, Mahara and Mitra Sain and, and company there, others assisting and all have started the Krishna Road Temple. Had nothing to do with me, um, in case you're wondering. Uh, <laughs> and then again, I guess it had everything to do with me in another sense, too. So... Um, that's a very interesting uh, and heartening uh, development. I mean, Prabhupada started temples without without going there that had hundreds of people. I can't claim that kind of power, but <laughs> one temple started <laughs> that without me having to go and manage it and organize it and uh, and uh, with spontaneous enthusiasm and so forth. And new people are coming from that, um, and I think they're getting good 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 counsel, good advice there um, uh, from the local. Residents, uh, a couple of devotees in Winston Salem used to invite me whenever I would come to um, uh, um, the Prabhupada Village area, and you know them very well, Mr. Sain and, or excuse me, um, Dulal Chandra and uh, his good wife Bhakti Rasa, and um, and uh, they kind of caught the spirit of my enthusiasm for. This uh, having a project out here, and so when we first came looking for land, first I came with Karnamrita, and then a couple of years later, uh, Dulal and Bhakti Rasa were taking my uh, this, my vision seriously. So they came out here, and together with them, of course, we we found the property, and they've relocated here. And they asked my opinion what to do, and they could stay in Winston Salem and preach there and support my work financially to some extent by keeping their house and their business, or they could just come out here and give up their business and try to find a place. And so I took the latter. I don't know if they choked at first or what, but 
they came, of course, and we have Ananda Ashram, and uh, and so now uh, that's our base of operation. But I wanted, to, and you are familiar with that. You've you, you've been there. We've had festivals there before, um, and they're very much uh, there are hosts there, and they have brought beautiful Radha Madhava, and I asked them to bring Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there. So last year we installed the deity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But I I do like to get everybody out here because Ananda Ashram is for sale. Uh, not officially, but uh, uh, we would. Uh, uh, the owners would like to sell it and move even closer, if not onto the land here, at some point. So, gradually, we're developing it. And um, as I say, this is the site for the temple here. Hmm? It's a nice location. And uh, to the left of us, it goes down. There's a little valley, which separates another area, that's quite large and uh, scenic uh, and. Uh, level and so forth. We'll have residents for Vanaprastas and uh, and uh, uh, um, monastics and the whole ridge across the west. This is the west over here. The whole ridge, as far as you can see, is ours and, and it has pathways and roads there and beautiful sites uh, for building. Now we're just building the barn, as I mentioned, the barn ashram. Our next project, hopefully, is to build four or six uh, cabins for monks, so if anybody wants to be a monk, <laughs> you can raise your hand, we're going to build a cabin for you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, okay, Diavia, we're noting that down. And then um, what we want to do is, this is my idea, is I, I have preserved for many years the uh, some flowers from the garland of Prabhupada uh, when he was put into Samadhi in Vrindavan. And that is the ingredient that is required for creating a Pushpa Samadhi, which is like a satellite of the Samadhi uh, tomb of, of, of the Acharya. And so, Bhaktivedanta Abhudut Maharaj Jukri Jai. Where is Ashram Maharaj? Not here, no. Wow, Ashram Maharaj Jukri Jai. You want a seat, Marsh? We get a seat from Marsh, somebody. Thank you. So, along with uh, those uh, monastic quarters, I've had this idea for a long time. I was going to do it in Northern California, but uh, now I've decided to do it here. That is to make a Pushpa Samadhi for, for Prabhupada here in the Western world. And I'll make it a Pushpa Samadhi for Prabhupada and and for Sridhar Maharaj also, whom I've also saved some uh, remnants from. So that will be unique. And uh, these are, of course, my gurus and uh, and yours as well. Uh, and so we'll, uh, we're, uh, I'm designing that at the moment. And um, then I hope to uh, uh, first put Gaur and Radha Madhava there. So there'll be an interim temple. It'll have a little kitchen and so forth. And so the monastics who are living on the property will have a little temple, and eventually when the larger temple is built, the deities will move here, and then we'll establish the samadhi, the pushpa samadhi. So this is the immediate, uh, immediate plans for which there is uh, very little money and manpower, but you have to dream, you know. That is uh, 50% of living, and at least 25% of that, if you're in the mode of goodness, should come true. Um, so with your good help and inspiration, we've been making a lot of progress here. This is the third of our projects, as I mentioned. The other two are still works in progress, but much further along than, than this one. 
So for those of you who have not been here, that's a little bit of brief history as to how we've we've gotten to this point and where we are at this time. Hmm? So I'm happy to sit here with you, and now if you um, like, I will entertain any any questions. We've been, of course, for those of you who weren't here, we've been discussing the Gorlan Leela and moving, weaving in between the Gaur Leela and Krishna Leela, as is appropriate. We entered the stream of Krishna Leela from the fountain of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, and so such a rich uh, vein there hmm, of philosophical insight and deep uh, feelings. We'll continue those discussions. In the morning after the Mongol Arctic, there will be the reading on Gaur Leela, which will inevitably be talked about at greater length during the discussion of Krishna Leela that will continue at 10.30 in the morning. We're going to be here all week until Gopastami, which is following Sunday. I know some of you will be here the whole time. Some of you will be going and coming. Midweek, there's Prabhupada's Tirubhav, Disappearance of Prabhupada. We'll celebrate that as well. Saturday, there'll be initiations. Sunday, again, is the uh, Gopastami and uh, other related uh, leelas that we'll be discussing. So, yes, you had a question. I've heard uh, that uh, some have taken a uh, Govardhan Sheila and worshipped it as uh, Radha with another Sheila as Krishna. Is that in our line acceptable? Well, uh, I'll say this. Um, Um, let's start. Uh, our uh, best course of action, it would seem, uh, with regard to our practice and worship of the deity, of course, the worship of the Govardhan Shila is a uh, very a central type of worship for Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Giraj. Is a uh, is a ragmarg deity, and and as I mentioned this morning, it's mentioned in the Brahmanda Purana that the stones of Govardhan are worshipable. Uh, those of you who aren't here, I told the story of how my godbrother showed Anandan Maharaj had found two Govardhan shilas or gotten to and brought them to Prabhupada and said that it's mentioned in the Brahmanda Purana, which is a rather obscure text for Gaudiya Vaishnavas uh, to be reading, but he was like that. And uh, it tells us something about the level of the understanding of Prabhupada's disciples uh, at the time uh, to think that the Govardhan Shila might be worshipable because it's mentioned in the Brahmanda Purana, and so he would check it out and ask Prabhupada, as he did. Again, it, Prabhupada's reaction, which he told me, Nishodhananda, was rather comical. If you knew Prabhupada, he said, well, really, it's mentioned in the scripture. Then they must be they must be worshipable. Of course, the Shaitan Charitamrita had not been translated yet at the time, and, uh, and Prabhupada was gradually rolling out what is Gaudiya Vaishnavism? Hmm? And I, it's, it was worth, I mentioned this briefly this morning, but it's worth re emphasizing that Prabhupada certainly had everything to give. And sometimes people question when they find persons, for example, like ourselves, finding other viable spiritual authorities in the world besides Prabhupada. They tend to question our fidelity. 
and um, and question our really uh, whether or not we think that there is something lacking in Prabhupada, hmm? because why we're going to someone else, of course. And one, there's many ways to reply to that, but um, uh, I think a very good way, and I did mention it in a brief this morning, is to reply that no, that Prabhupada was extremely fully qualified, but but he spoke relative to the qualification of his audience. Hmm? And that leaves those who make such, raise such questions and concerns, um, forces them to either say that they're unlimitedly qualified or acknowledge the fact that they have some lack of qualification, which most of Prabhupada's disciples readily do, which indicates that, well, then maybe he left some things uh, undone for others to do. My God, the Vishnu John Maharaj, I sometimes cited, asked Prabhupada, what did Thakur Bhaktivinoda mean when he said, I've left the world, my work undone? And Prabhupada replied, oh, he could have done everything, but that is his mercy, he left something for us to do. Hmm? This is Guru Parampara. So, according to our eligibility, then we'll be able to absorb, take advantage, and, uh, and, and, and be in, in need. Uh, for that matter. And as far as being in need goes, of course, that is a healthy sign. If a young boy is hungry, then that's a sign of good health. Once we were sitting with Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj on his veranda, and he gave a beautiful discourse, spontaneous discourse, and one of the devotees said that, um, first he said, we are, we are stunned by what you have said. And Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj leaned over and said, stoned. Stoned, and then they all they laughed. You know, he said. Then he said, "Petrified, you are." He didn't, you know, he didn't know the provincial, uh, you know, what is it, colloquial uh, term, <laughs> and its implications. And so it was a it was a bit of a, a fun moment, if you will. Petrified, is it? Hmm? And so then someone replied, "We are completely satisfied." Then he leaned forward, with more concerned. He said, is it possible? Completely. I didn't. He's like was kind of stunned that because his own impression was, and it's it's a valuable one to to, um, to cite that we are all in this school students forever. Such is the nature of the subject matter. The brain of Radhika is full, yet ever expanding. Hmm. So, so to be hungry for more that is a good sign, and that hunger is then what will make available the more. Hmm? If we're not hungry, then hmm? even if food is placed before us, we have no appetite. We won't be able to recognize it. Hmm? Isn't it? Uh. So, at any rate, Prabhupada said, yes, chuckling, if it's mentioned in the Brahmanda Purana, I, I think they're worshipable. And, and Yodasodhana told me, he picked up the one and looked at it, and then, then he looked at the other one. I'm keeping this one that he picked up, and I'm giving the other one to you. So that's how I got our Govardhan Shila. <clears throat> so it's a worshipable um, deity. It was thought that Das Goswami was only allowed to worship the Govardhan Shila because he wasn't from a Brahmin family and therefore he could not worship the Shaligram hmm? uh, by some hmm, who do not, do not understand Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? The Shaligram is uh, is 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 an interesting deity, of course. He's a 
He's thought generally to be a Vaidimarg deity, or he's thought to be the very seat hmm, of divinity from which so many different faces of divinity will, will manifest and accept worship. Hmm. But Govardhan is a is uh, very special for us, worshipable deity, and indeed worshipped by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, who would rub the stone on his heart and uh, on his uh, head, his head, and wear the gunjamala. Such a humble offering. The gunjamala is not a string of pearls or diamonds or jewels, but it's a little little beads that kind of the berries that grow that can be made into a necklace and the Mahaprabhu would wear that and he worshipped the Govardhan Shila. And uh so the way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worshipped is is one thing. We don't uh it, that is a, that is another subject to some extent, but he gave the stone to Das Goswami. And he taught Raghunath Das Goswami how to worship the Shila. So if we want to know how to worship the Govardhan Shila, we should follow in the way that Raghunath Das Goswami has worshipped. And Das Goswami, of course, he is our Prayujan Tattvacharya, and he is, was is exemplifying the pursuance of the highest ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, offers us the Charibhav, four bhavs of Vrindavan. This will come up tomorrow, I believe, in our discussions. Some Something... Um, Will will come with regard to this, but but <clears throat> but because of the appearance of Nityananda Prabhu along with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the four one is is the Madurasa, hmm? and a special uh, place in Madurasa hmm? that uh, Mahaprabhu not only uh, made available, but tasted himself, and this also comes up with regard to the worship of Govardhan in Puri, where Mahaprabhu thought the sand dune was, was uh, Govardhan Hill and went into uh, Spurti, internal trance, and what his experience was there speaks about the highest ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that he came to give, but it's clearly marked through the pages of Chaitanya Charitamrita that he himself tasted, and so forth. But along with him came Nityananda Prabhu, as we know, and um, we heard it this morning also. Baladevena hmm? um, with regard to the Govardhan Leela. So, the position of Balaram, as the Gaudias see him in relation to Krishna, that is the same position that Dinanda Prabhu has taken in relation to uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this Nitai Chand, he really began the Sampradaya, because his followers, the daughters of Gopals, who began opening centers and initiating disciples. Hmm? Before the Goswami's books were written, before the highest ideal of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was uh, distributed by Krishna's Kaviraj, the wonderful uh, contribution of Kaviraj, to take the, 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 the Sanskrit writings about the Bengal deity, as he would have been thought of in, in India, hmm? um, and in India, you know, there everywhere there are local deities thought hmm, to be incarnations and so forth. It's quite a popular thing. So that some Bengalis had a god uh, was was uh, 
not uh, uncommon, but not something that serious religious people hmm, who spoke the, the religious uh, and scholarly language of the time, Sanskrit, would take seriously. So Nityananda Prabhu didn't care for that. Of course, he just said, Bhajagauranga kahagauranga lahagauranga namuri yejanagauranga bhaje seyamar pranre and that would be desirable. He's saying, I give myself entirely to that person who sings the name of Gore, who gives the teachings of Gore, and so forth. And he was such an extraordinary person that people thought, we should worship Gore, <laughs> what he's saying. They didn't wait for anything. Hmm? Meanwhile, the Goswamis were writing under the direction of Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And they didn't write much about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course. Hmm? They wrote about Radhakrishna. Hmm? But they wrote about Radha Krishna in such a way hmm, that if you understand their writing, you start looking for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There must be a, a somebody. Hmm, there must be an extension of this Leela. Hmm, Radha Krishna Leela. There must be an extension of it in which the prospect for Krishna to realize his ambition can be found. Hmm, that is Gaur Leela. That cannot be a leela of any avatar of Krishna because no avatar of Krishna would have any such interest in the prema madhurya hmm? and the prema madhurya of Radhika in particular. Hmm? It is Krishna that's interested in the nature of Radhika's prema. Hmm? No other avatar would have any such interest. So it must be Krishna then hmm? who appears in an extended leela, if you will, hmm. to taste and experience that. It is something, I'll give you an example before, of a re like a reverse jacket. If you have a black jacket with golden sleeves and a golden pinstripe, hmm, that is the, the Krishna leela, then if you reverse it out, it's gold and has black cuffs and a black antar krishna bahir gauram. The black is hidden slightly. Hmm. And the gold comes out. Gold means Mahabhav. Hmm. Hmm. That is Radhika and that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. This is the there are two sides, of course. It is Krishna and Radha. We've discussed it here during Kartik to some extent. If you look closely at Krishna, very closely, keep looking, keep looking, you will see, oh, there's somebody else there. Hmm. If you look through the eyes of the sadhu, you see, oh, and that is Radhika. Look closer, closer again, keep looking. You see the two become one, that's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Two sides. If you understand that Gaur is Krishna, this is not easy to understand. In Gaudi Vaishnava community, very few people understand this. You would think this is Gaudi Vaishnavism. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would be so central. In many devotee devotional communities of Gaudi Vaishnava, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is there, but he is the way. But he is, the, he is the giver. Radha Krishna Leela is the gift. But if you open the gift, you will find Gore. Hmm? In the center, at the apex, at the zenith of Krishna Leela, Radha Krishna, there we find the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There we find a psychological necessity in the existential crisis of Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Hmm? For another Leela, where all the players are there, but they're slightly, things are somewhat... Slightly reversed. That is Sadaka Sudabhumi. Hmm? Nadia. Where Sadaka's 
where siddhas are playing the lila of sadhakas. And in that sadhana, everything that's said could happen by your spiritual practice. It happens every time. And from Gaur Lila, they enter into Krishna Lila and back. More important, though, than the fact that Gaur is Krishna, which is a difficult point of tattva to really understand. We can mouth it, but to understand that hmm, is another thing. To go from there, we have to then understand that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha. And that is a more important point. Hmm, more difficult to understand. But the Goswamis wrote about Radha Krishna Leela in such a way that if you paid attention to that, you could understand there must be, there's something missing here. Krishna is in crisis. Existential crisis. Hmm? I thought I was the king of love. I'm experiencing that someone has a, 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 is experiencing a measure of love that I have no familiarity with. Hmm? What is my position? Hmm? Krishna, of course, is such a sankalpa. So, as the desire manifests, so the reality manifests. This is Gaurila. Hmm? Hmm? And Gaurila shows us the way, as I said. It is the gift, your giver. Radha Krishna Leela, the gift. The Goswamis wrote about it. They have to, they had a strategy, obviously. You, this is a new sampradaya, so to speak, in the times. They were taking Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and writing about him philosophically. They were locating the ecstasy that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the scriptural map. Hmm? Scriptural map means from the Gita, from the Bhagwat, from the, the Shruti, like the Andavali of Taitreya um, Upanishad and so forth. And, and uh, oh, this Svetashpatara, but Prasya Shakti Vibhidhaya Vishruyate, the whole philosophy hinges on this idea of the Shakti, a peculiar idea of the place of Shakti. Hmm? So they, they wrote in a way that the religious community, educated religious community, hmm, could believe in them. That they were just not imagining sent, or sentimentalists and so forth. Hmm? But they left opening then for Krishna's Kaviraj to take that and turn it into Bengali, hmm? which is a much more commonly spoken language, and distribute widely the teachings of the Goswamis through Chaitanya Charitamrita to come out and, and, and say, Who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Hmm? They Goswami said a little something, an astakam here and there. Hmm? But Chaitanya, but Krishna's Kaviraj, he was given a great blessing to write uh, this book and had such qualification he had, blessed as he was by Nitai Chand. Nitai Chander Karuna Hoive Sangshara Vasana Sangshara Vasana Nityananda Prabhu, like a soothing moon, he's like the reflective light of the sun of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Like Guru. Guru is very soothing. Sometimes the example has been given of the lotus hmm? and the sun hmm? and the water. Hmm? If the lotus receives the full force of the rays of the sun without the protection of the water, then it will shrivel and die. So the water 
protects it. Guru is like that, very comforting. Hmm? Makes it possible for us to approach such high ideals realistically. Hmm? Hmm? Nitai, he like the original guru of Gaudiya Sampradaya. His men began initiating, spreading Krishna consciousness. Hmm? And so naturally, the point is, his sentiment, that has some place in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? That is Sambandha Rupa Bhakti. Practice it is Sambandha Nuga Rag Bhakti. Hmm? And Sambandha Nuga Bhakti means Dasya Bhakti, Dasya Rasa, Patsalya Rasa, Sakya Rasa of the Brajalila. Hmm? How did Mahaprabhu give the four bhavas? He gave Madhurasa. Nityananda Prabhu gave Sakyarasa. Hmm? That is his main sentiment, which is augmented within him emotionally also by Batsalya and uh, Dasibhav. Hmm. It is Sakyabhav, but with these other uh, sentiments that uh, nuance it. Hmm? Oh, we find these two sentiments prominent. Maybe you'll find Vatsalira somewhere. Hmm? Very rarely in Gaudiya Vaishnava. Dasiras, down to Sakya. Aho bhagyam, aho bhagyam, nanda gopa prachokasam, yan mitram paramanandam, puna brahma sanatanam. Hmm? It begins there. Vaikuntha leaves off with Dasirasa and half of Sakyarasa. Like a chauffeur. Who's been the, the, the boss's driver for his, for his, his whole career? Hmm? Sometimes he might ask the chauffeur, "What do you think? Well, who should I? What should I invest in? What team should I bet on?" Hmm? Hmm? So some uh, reverential friendship hmm? we find in Vaikuntha. This is Dasya and the half of Sakyarasa, and then Brindavan Lila. Of course, Ram Lila. Ram Lila showcases there are possibilities beyond Vaikuntha. The only possibility is Dasya Rasa there. For that we will follow Hanuman. But other leelas, other possibilities are showcased that aren't pos- are not showcased in, in, in Vaikuntha. Narayan has no mother. He has no children. In Golok, in Dwaraka, there are children. That is a special kind of Dasya Bhakti. Of course, Narayan has one wife. Hmm. He doesn't have a brother, hmm. like Lakshman, like like Bharata. But these possibilities, Ramlila stands out in Vaikuntha, really from the Godi perspective, by way of pointing to possibilities beyond itself, the possibilities of brotherly love, the possibilities of Vatsalya love, parental love. And the possibilities of Madhurya love. Rama's ek patni vrata. He took a vow, vow for only one wife. Hmm? So in Gaudiya Sampradaya, we find these sentiments. Hmm? Primarily Madhurya rasa. Hmm? Babulasa. This, uh, to be a handmaiden of Radhika. And Samsakya rasa. So with regard to Govardhan, in hmm? other sentiment, one can worship. But if one should worship 
in the sentiment of Mandaribhav, if one should worship, I should say, with this idea in mind as one's goal, Pujala Ragapata Gaura Babange Matala Horijan Kirtanarange. This is was considered by Pujapad Bhakti Raksaksudaya Goswami Maharaj to be the essence of the teaching of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada with regard to Ragmarg. Pujala Ragapata Gaurava Bhangi. Gaurava Bhangi. That Gaurava means here reverence. He says, not that we shall do reverential love, but we shall worship with reverence the Ragmarg. We shall revere the Ragmarg. This is a very different thing. Not that we will worship God in reverential love, but we will have reverence for the Ragmarg. We will keep it over our head. Hmm? This is the whole significance of the sannyas of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He made himself Paramhamsa Baram Paramartha Patim He made himself a yati, a paribrajak. Hmm? Paribrajak means who wanders and travels and preaches, hmm? who still has some need to travel, can't sit. <laughs> can't sit. Hmm? He could sit. He sat for a long, long, long time. Hmm? He took a vow to chant, what was it, a billion names or something? Hmm? Billion? Nine years. Hmm? Nine years. It is said that after completing his brut, some paper came in the wind. Hmm? He picked it up and had written on there the four commandments of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Sanatan Goswami. Was it to establish the deity worship, excavate the places of Krishna's Leela, write books about Vaishnavism, philosophy, and the etiquette, uh, establish the etiquette and so forth. Hmm? He had the vision of Panchatattva. He was intimidated by Bhakti Thakur, who called him a Mayavadi, <laughs> which he couldn't tolerate. That, oh, you don't want to... Share with anyone. Hmm? So he came out. He walked. He wandered. Hmm? He opened sixty-four mats and so forth. And his idea was: I will position myself as a parivrajak just below the paramhamsa, and I worship that paramhamsa ideal. Hmm? And when it's when it's when it feels so inclined, that surup shakti will make its descent. Hmm? This is descending. Cannot go there with your shoes on. That is not possible. Hmm? It will come. When will it come? Hmm. Sometimes people say, how I know? Am I eligible for, for, for such? We are all eligible. If we are interested in these topics, hmm. we are interested in Gaudi Sampradaya, but then eligibility has to increase as we go along. Hmm. And as it does, we may incorporate practices hmm, that constitute the full face of Rag, Rag Bhakti. How will you know? Hmm. Girl asked... Pregnant girl asked her mother that she was going to come into labor at any time soon. Hmm? So she said, I'm going to take rest. Please wake me if I go into labor. Hmm. <laughs> mother said, well, you know, I won't have to wake you for that. You will know. Hmm? So with regard to the full embrace of all of the relevant practices... There are three, really, of Rag Bhakti, in, as Rupa Goswami has given. Vishwanatha Chakrabhita has elaborated on that. Mm -hmm. Especially with regard to uh, 
Very popular topic. Hmm? The ears will perk. Oh, you're going to talk about that. Hmm? That is important. But that, sadaka seva rupena, siddha rupena, chatrahi. Two things are mentioned. Hmm. Prabhupada taught you are not the body. I'm teaching you have two bodies and you're both of them. Hmm? You are your sadaka deha. Hmm? That means the body given to you by your guru at the time of initiation. You are that body. Hmm? That is a work in progress. That the senses will be withdrawn from material sense objects and absorbed in spiritual sense objects. And the proportionate to the extent that we can do that, the measure to which we're successful in perfecting our sadhaka day is the measure or extent to which we have eligibility for practicing internally. Hmm? So everybody likes to hear about the siddha day, but they don't like to hear about the sadhaka day. Hmm? Which means you have to get up early in the morning and all the frolicking with Krishna, that is another thing. That sounds like fun, but fasting on Ikadasi, serving the Guru, carrying the firewood, hmm? all such things, hardships, a life of hardship, it would seem. Hmm? Oh, but it is not like that. Bhayavisha jalahoi vitareyanandamoy Krishna premeradbhuta charita And it applies to sadhana. It is said, the wonderful characteristic of frame is that outside it looks very disconcerting, hmm? like poison. But inside, Bhitare Anandamoy is full of Ananda. Mahaprabhu falling on the ground, passing out, uh, crying, weeping, hmm? looks very disconcerting. Inside, there's Ananda. Hmm? Same thing for Sadaka. People say, what? No television you don't have? Or whatever. On every, on every level, hmm? they will think. As, as you go, people say, how can you live without that? How can you live without that? This is our whole teaching, that you can live. Consciousness exists independent of matter. It cannot be reduced to matter. We go from rasa to the basics here. Hmm? They are not the body. Consciousness is independent of matter. Spiritual life is for demonstrating that. Hmm? That means... You let go of the things that everyone thinks they need by understanding that the best things in life, what, are not things, right? They are not things. It's you. Hmm? If there's anything in this world that most resembles God, it is us. Hmm? As different as we are from Him at the same time. A spark only of the fire. Hmm? So, to go in that direction is our ideal. This is a great uh, adventure. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was showing the way. Hmm? So the worship of the Shaligram, or excuse me, of the Govardhan Shila, that is a, is a very wonderful uh, aspect of uh, opportunity. If, uh, if your guru has given you that opportunity, that is, you're very fortunate. Hmm? But how would you worship? That is the question. Sorry for the long answer. Hmm? The... Yeah, but I've given it in brief. We shall follow how Raghunath Das Goswami worshipped. Hmm? We may think Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worshipped somewhat differently from his perspective, but how he taught Das Goswami, hmm? he is our uh, exemplar of this. Hmm? So that should be followed. Hmm?
Otherwise, we don't find that Das Goswami conceived of the Govardhan Shila as a, um, in, as a, in a, in a feminine hmm, way, hmm, as, as Radha or a Gupi, uh, I think that's what, kind of what the question is. Hmm? Um, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has said that, uh, that all of the hills of Vrindavan are in Sakyarasa. Hmm? Oh. Hmm. It is uh, mentioned in, in Benugit that uh, that uh, Govardhan is glorified there as the best of Krishna's servants, Haridas Bharja. Hmm. So one may reason well, who is the best of Krishna's servants? Hmm. Uh, and go to Madhurya Rasa and, and maybe in some extreme, Bhav makes some statement to that effect and therefore Govardhan is, uh, must be uh, in, in that sentiment. Haridas Bharya means, of course, that Govardhan, mainly we're emphasizing that Govardhan is Krishna. Krishna's emphasizing it in the Leela. Hmm? Govardhan is non different from me. The other side of it is that Govardhan is described in, by, in Venu Gita through the words of Radha that, oh, he's the best servant of Krishna. So he's Krishna and he's the best servant of Krishna. Same holds for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's Krishna. He's the best servant of Krishna. So one may think in some extreme real sentiment and the best servant of Krishna are the handmaidens of Radha. So someone may think like that, that. No harm. But no one has taught that systematically. Someone may take that and then abuse that. And so I would say no, that is not in our uh, how uh, our Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Raghunath Goswami taught that we should worship Govardhan. There are statements, thank you, about uh, Radhika of Vishwanath worshipping different stones in Govardhan Hill, white ones, crystal ones, hmm black ones, and so forth. Hmm. It's a big world of sentiment, but we don't find that taught systematically anywhere. Hmm. We taught, we are taught to worship Giriraj as Krishna, hmm. and the Gunjumala as Radha, hmm. as Mahaprabhu showed Raghunathas Goswami. Your place, your service is to Krishna in your place at, at Govardhan and under the shelter of Radha. He was taught to take shelter of Radha represented by the Gunjamala and in that context to worship Krishna in the form of Govardhan. Some worship the black and white stones as Krishna and Balaram and there's some support for that from Vishwanath Chapati Thakur in his um, one of his poem, poetic books. I cannot remember. I have seen also some people in Vrindavan they have a white stone and a, bla- and a black stone and they think it's Radha and Krishna. They don't have a formal worship hmm? like that. So, Best to follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is showing the way. Another question? Yes. 
In your Shikshastika book, you uh, talk about how, as um, the uh, devotee advances, that Paramatma ceases to be central in, in the Paneshwara mm. enters the heart. And today you were talking a little bit about that also mm-hmm. in the class. Mm-hmm. How do we cultivate this? Um, and how do we uh, <laughs> uh-huh. try to develop this understanding? How do you kick the Paramatma out of your heart? That just sounds like a very strange sadhana. <laughs> Somebody years ago wrote a book, Conversations with the Paramatma. The devotee was a leader in another mission. And I thought, that's very curious and odd. Who wants to talk to the Paramatma? I have no interest in that. So, of course, Krishna, the idea is to make Krishna the Paramatma. Yam shama sundaram achintimunasurupam. Hmm. And you want to know about that, how to do that. Hmm. Well, that is uh, one of those how-to questions that uh, in one sense is answered everywhere. Hmm. But um, everything in time, hmm, that is being spoken of by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the stage of Ruchi. So really asking how to attain Ruchi. How can I turn the medicine of my practice into food? That's what you want to know. Hmm? You have to eat all your vegetables. <laughs> you, have to, you have to eat everything on your plate. <laughs> you, have to, you have to take all your medicine. <coughs> cannot skip. Hmm? This is the high stage. This is Shuddha Bhakti. The proverbial Shuddha Bhakta. That means in Ruchi. That is still in Sadhana Bhakti. But this is Shreya Kairaba Chandrika Something very tangible is coming from the other side. And it's, it comes out negatively, so to speak, and positively. Direct, indirectly and directly. Indirectly it comes out. Hmm? This is different than Nishta. In Nishta, in, in Ruchi, in Nishta, such desire is there, but one doesn't act on it. Hmm? By intelligence, and, and by intelligence I mean by the force of practice guided by spiritual intelligence. One does not let the mind and senses distract one. Hmm? And the practice is such that the seeds of desire that are still present don't have the chance to fructify. Just like if you have the seed and you pour water on it, too much water, then it will never fructify. So you have to pour the water of bhakti on the seeds of material desire that are still present in heart in a stage of nishta. Now we have to talk how to get to nishta. That is another thing. This is a high stage itself. But there is a learning curve. We call that anishta bhajana kriya. We should not be, um, how do you say, um, neurotic about our shortcomings. Hmm? There's a place for that. Hmm? Bhakti is very generous. So there's a learning curve. We call it Anishita Bhajana Kriya. Hmm? Mahaprabhu showed, somehow or other, if in that stage you ha- you have some remorse for your condition, understanding it for what it is, hmm? and continue chanting, if you have some remorse, the name will stay with you. Hmm? This is what he said in the second verse of Shikshastakam. I have no attraction, but he shows some remorse. He's lamenting. Hmm? 
in eleventh skanda Bhagavat, uh, Krishna makes the statement: My devotees sometimes they have material desires and sometimes they succumb to them, and then they feel um, bad about that, and that rectifies them. Hmm? So the method is bhakti. There's not another method, right? Hmm? So. By good association only can we become steady in our practice. And steady in the practice also means what? That our chanting is attentive. How will we chant attentively? Someone may question, how will we chant attentively? One of the ways in which we can chant attentively is to be attentive as to what the chanting is about. We have so many books for that purpose. What is the teaching? This is how you use your intelligence. Hmm? You study or you listen, at least. If you can't study, you can't hear, you, 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 you use your intelligence, well, you can, you can, and to the extent that you can, and you should do so. But not everyone should be a scholar. There are two Bhagavatas. Book and person. Mahaprabhu and Nitai Chan, they're giving Prem Bhakti through these two, as Krishna Kaviras has explained. So, you have one of, you have both, and you use your intelligence as much as possible to understand the teaching. And attach yourself to someone who understands the teaching. Hmm? Then you can come to Nishta. Hmm? Then your chanting can become steady. Then your chanting can become attentive. This will be very, very helpful. Hmm? If you know what it is that you're doing theoretically, then your capacity to do that, to execute, is increased. That is the whole idea of uh, Shraddha. And as, as, as eligibility, we find from Rupa, Shrupa and Bhakti Samrita Sindhu. It's Shastriya Shraddha. So acquaintance with the theory hmm, will very much help us become steady in the practice hmm, and, and, and meaningfully practice. So learn the Siddhanta and follow then your heart. Don't follow your heart and not learn, learn the teaching. That will be, can be problematic. Hmm. So we have discussions for that purpose. We have books, probably just have written so many books, 60 books. They are not just for selling, but for reading. Hmm? Nishta, Ruchi, hmm? intelligence is still operative in Ruchi, but it starts to take a back seat to the heart. Hmm? In Ruchi, that the, the desires are not there. They're not being held back. Hmm? And in turn, Desire for bhakti is present, manifests, and it starts to take shape. Praptabilas, sohridabilas. A desire to attain Krishna in his service in a particular way, to please him, to, to, to just exist in a way that will be favorable to him. These, these kind of desires, they are part of the ruchi, of Bhava. What is Rupa Goswami? Sudha Satva Visheshatma Prema Suryamsu Samyabhak Ruchi Bis Chittamashtrina The Ruchi of Bhava. That has beginnings in, in, in the stage of Ruchi. These desires that are fully the cultivation of, of Bhava Bhakti start to manifest in Ruchi. This is a real meaningful. Uh, Real meaningful internal sadhana can be engaged in in that stage. 
the heart has to be cleansed. It is a meditation, that internal practice. Without a clean heart, how you meditate? Though the world is out of your heart, then what place is there for the Paramatma? He's the Lord of the world. He's gone. He has no business there anymore. He leaves. But he's left on, on the basis of a particular culture and practice that is inviting who hmm? the Pranishwar, the Lord of the, the heart. So you have to have the Lord of the heart hmm? there. Hmm? You could fix it up intellectually, a mishta. Hmm? Lord means a particular form that corresponds with a particular sentiment, not just Krishna in general. Certain qualities of Krishna, hmm? certain leelas of Krishna, hmm? certain way the Krishna dresses, it will be relative to, to certain particular sentiments. Hmm? So how to do that, do you want to know? <laughs> how to get rid of the Paramatma in your heart? This is what we're, this is what we're doing. Hmm? And the most important element, that is sadhusanga. Hmm? It is gradual, like cooking. But if you want to cook gradually, the fire has to be there. You cannot say it's cooking gradually. You have to turn on the stove, start the fire. Fire means sadhusanga. Hmm? That will keep us honest. There's nothing in this stage we can do that will help our progress more than sadhusanga. There's nothing. Hmm? Hearing, chanting. Uh, this is sadhana bhakti. So, <laughs> like I said, this is imitation. With material senses, you cannot serve Krishna. Bhakti comes generously, plays herself out on our senses. Hmm? But if we have a touch with a real sadhu, real alive current, then, hmm? then there's, there's prospect for progress. Hmm? It is the sadhu who, who, who generously uses the term kunishta adhikari. It's a, a prakrita bhakta. It's a very generous term, materialistic devotee. They don't go together. Hmm? It's a very generous term. Hmm? The desire to progress, though, really, and to understand the teaching and to apply your intelligence, for example, as well as just physically, to the teaching, that brings you in the direction of intermediate and real bhakti, bhakti experiential bhakti. Hmm? But it is because of good association that we get an abhas. That we think, I want to do this. This is like something I've never experienced before. This is uh, uh, this kind of ideal. This this comes from from sadhu sangha. So that is the most important thing. Hmm? That will change the course of the life. The little bit of that in any form of life. That is the beginning of the change of the course from material to spiritual. There's no other way. Hmm? More of the same then. Hmm? And when we will be finished, we will not need Sadhu Sangha. <laughs> Never. That is the idea. Hmm? Naratam is praying for that. Hmm? In the absence of Rupa Sanatana, what will he do? Oh, how unfortunate his life is. Who could be a more qualified person than Naratam Thakur? Setting example. What is the value of Sadhu Sangha? So how will we get Paramatma out of our heart? Hmm? You understand anyway, theoretically, who should be in your heart? Hmm? Hmm? If you have some doubt, then you put Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there. <laughs> yeah. 
how you how, how you will how you will get the attention of Krishna, who's absorbed, who's forgetful of his godhood. Mm-hmm. Of course, the answer is that he's can hear the prayers of his sadhakas in Ragmar, but what kind of prayers they must be. That is your task, to get his attention. What kind of prayers? Hmm? That is one thing. Another answer, of course, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come. He is Krishna, Radha Krishna. And he is also Paramatma. He also is doing Yuga Dharma. Hmm? You understand? You can worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Yuga Avatar, hmm? given the Yuga Dharma of Kali Yuga. Do hmm? Namsan Kirtan, as he did. He did Kirtan, Rasa Kirtan, in the house of Srivastakur. And nobody could come in except his intimate associates. Some people wanted to get in by, by force of what they thought was their eligibility, but he refused them. Other people sat on the banks of the Ganges and had a longing, an ambition, an appropriate kind of desire for that. Hmm? They worshipped it. Pujalaraga put a go to a bunga. They held it over their head. They thought, we're not qualified, but we would sure like to go in there. Hmm? How will we do that? Hmm? Mahaprabhu came out for them. He came out. He left Bengal. He took sannyas. He preached. All this Leela is showing how to go back into the, how to enter into the house, uh, the, the, the courtyard of Srivas and do kirtan. Hmm? That is the whole teaching. So, Only to be active in that. And Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitaka very much emphasized that also. Hmm? Don't be a spectator. Hmm? That is also the result we should get from Sadhu Sangha. Hmm? It's not a spectator sport. You should understand that. This is not for entertainment. Come, be entertained. That was a nice lecture. That was a good point. Hmm? The Sadhu is also looking, what are you doing about that point? <laughs> what are you doing with that? Hmm? Are you are you taking that point and putting it inside your heart and making it a foundational stone there hmm? and changing? Are you changing? Hmm? Are you melting? You have to change. Hmm? If you want asta satvikubikar, that kind of transformation, then some other kind of change has to come. Some humility has to be there. What is humility? Mm-hmm. Humility is what? Is uh, what did Sarasati Thakur say? Absence of the enjoying spirit. What does that mean? Absence of the enjoying spirit. Well, what spirit will be there? Serving spirit. That is practical. Love is practical. Hmm? It means to serve. Hmm. That's why every devotee in the Brajalila who loves Krishna as a friend, as a servant, as a, as a, in, in romantic love, as may be the case, every one of them feels themselves to be a servant. Krishna Das has beautifully brought this out in sixth chapter of Adi Lila. Hmm? I mean, these are all, they look like one thing, but they are all expressions of service. It's just like, if I love you, I've said this before, if I love you in any way, if I love you, you're my daughter, I love you, you're my friend, I love you, you're my lover, I will do anything for you. Whatever is in my power to do for you, just tell me, I will do it, I love you. This is the idea. You see, service is the basis. So this is a very active thing. 
the shantaras is not all on, not at all in our interest. Neither the stai is really <laughs> uh, uh, such to the extent that of dasirasa, sakirasa, that's all yours. It can change. Shantarasa, this can be attained by yoga mixed with bhakti. It means to sit on the fence, beatific vision. It's it's beautiful, but hmm? what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given us calls for some active life. Hmm? So, if you want to know, you take the teaching and you make some commitment, serve. Hmm? Make something happen for Mahaprabhu in the world under good guidance. Hmm? You are coming and listening. Sadhu is also looking and seeing who's paying attention. Hmm? Yeah. Who remembers the point? Who does something with it? Who brings it in the heart? Hmm? Let's it find a place there. This is how we build our spiritual life. I used to go and listen to lectures and uh, over the years... And if I, I thought to myself, if I can hear one point in a lecture, however, it, and there are sometimes not the greatest lectures, uh, not everyone at the, at the pulpit is, should really be there. That's another point. But um, I thought, if I can hear one point here that's relevant to my practice and to it would help me, then that. that my time is well spent, and I would take that point hmm? and make it a part of my life, build my life on such points. Hmm? This, with this kind of listening, this is pariprasnena sevaya. Hmm? That is required. Hmm? With that kind of commitment, that that kind of commitment, you want the things to go out of your heart. Hmm? Pujapad Sridhar told us, responsible service. That will help you very much to expel the things from your heart hmm? so that the pranishwar can come in. Hmm? If we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be too committed, but we want to be able to hear and time for chanting. <laughs> yeah, that's a place for that, but hmm? do something. Hmm? Prabhupada didn't want 100 ex temple presidents living in. Northern Florida looking for their third and fourth wife and husband. No. He wanted them all over America preaching, <laughs> opening centers, that it was not just something to do when you were young. <laughs> now is better than then. <laughs> so much experience you have, so much wisdom. <laughs> Teach the young people by your example. Better to burn out than fade away. Huh? Rust. <laughs> yeah. So, something practical we should do. Something and under good guidance, make something happen. Such a great, I, I, I such a wonderful, a nuanced uh, teaching. Hmm? Uh, the world uh, doesn't know about really hmm? what, what they know about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's like the time of Bhakti Vinod. They don't want to know about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. The people that represent it just don't seem to be very insightful often, inspiring hmm? often. This is unfortunate. 
We have to change that. The best way to change it, we go deeper inside the teaching. And you see, oh, I didn't know. That was there, too. That you remain, then, with a, with a, to use a Zen term, with a beginner's mind. That you need a teachable moment, perennial teachable moment. So that you're ready to turn left or right, stand up, sit down, stand on your head, as may be needed. This is Prabhupada had us in, in this time like that, hmm? isn't it? He told you to sell books. If he had told you to burn the books, you would have thrown them in the fire the same day. Hmm? He arrested your intellect, really. Hmm? The force of his own taste and enthusiasm. So, that is one answer. Hmm? Do responsible service. That will help you. Hmm? It's very much like married life, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's full of responsibilities. Don't be an ease lover. You want to get out of that, raising kids and all the problems. For sannyasis, it's like that. Opening temples, writing books, taking care of so many people. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it is mentioned in Bhagavad that the that the the um, that the Dharma of the Kali Yuga hmm, that, that that teaching much will be drawn from the Tantra. Hmm. This is mentioned in two lines prefacing the uh, verse that Jiva Prabhu uh, understood uniquely to be speaking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna Varnam Tisa Krishnam Sangopangastra Parshadam Yagnai Sankirtana Prayer Yajantihi Sumedasa. That Mahaprabhu, who is worshipped by Sankirtan, by people with fine theistic intelligence, Sukritivan, who have that kind of intelligence. <coughs> Other than the Sankirtan, hmm? then we have Archan Marg, we have our mantras, we have so many different procedures and so forth. Almost is all coming from the Tantra. Hmm? The ideas about Shakti and so forth, Gotamiya Tantra, Nard Pancharatra, all these these are all on the Tantric side. This is a this is different than. For example, the Vaidhi Marg of Ramanuja and Madhva, and, uh, who fought with Mayabad and, and themselves and so forth, all drawing from the Upanishads. It's very masculine. Hmm? The Gaudiya side is very, very feminine. The tantric literatures are feminine. Hmm? It's drawing all the, all the idea of Shakti, the prominence of, sh- of Shakti hmm? in Gaudiya Vaishnava, which is ex- ex- extreme, obviously, hmm? is, is support for that on the scriptural map, if you will, is coming from the Tantra. So they employed all these, and the procedures, as I say, for deity worship, for, for meditation, the mandalas, the, 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 the what do you call the, you know, yeah, yantra and so forth, for the different mantras, and visualization, mantramayu, pasana, these kind of things, all aided by the Tantra. Hmm? Hmm. So it, it, it's heavily influenced from that 
side, which is uh, causes some concern for some people. But the Goswamis have done it very nicely the way they presented that. Yes. Um, living a devo- trying to live a devotional life it seems like in, in the Western world, ninety percent of the life energy goes to the service of beings so your po- your point is that well trying to live a devotional life in the western world is 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 difficult right for a householder right in other words you want to put your energy towards Krishna right but uh, things like that very difficult to summon you know Reasonable percentage of it. Right, right. Right. Well, Kali is, of course, very, very troublesome. But, um, but, um, one can practice in household life, uh, and um, it's a question of uh, prioritizing and so forth, um, uh, and. One has to have a livelihood, and if I understand you correctly, you're saying the problem with the livelihood is that so much your energy is spent for your livelihood, but then, in the context of providing for yourself and your own livelihood, you're fostering inadvertently um, other practices and other th- other things in, in in an environment that's that's uh, not conducive to bhakti. Hmm? Well, you know that is the <laughs> that's. Uh, that's problematic. That's why Prabhupada wanted communities where people would come and and help one another and try to find economy within the within the context of the of the sect itself, as far as possible. Um, but I don't think that changes the fact that th- th- theoretically the householder can serve. Householder is a certain psychology, and monastic is a different psychology. That's that's the only difference. If you understand the householder psychology um, properly, then then you can. You can be um, putting down your beads and taking care of your babies and be in as much Krishna consciousness as if you were chanting. If you understand, I need babies. Some people need babies. In other words, some people really want to have kids. For example, hmm? they have a desire, in other words. In bhakti, we're not trying to like... uh, meet the mind head on. We're a little more thoughtful, a little more intelligent than that. So we work with the mind, not against the mind. So you have a desire to have children. Bhakti is very powerful. No problem. You know, you need a you need a wife, you need a husband, so forth. You have children. And you realize, I need these things in order to feel whole. That's where I'm at. Hmm? Emotionally, as, as a human being. Hmm? And so, from here, I will proceed in bhakti. And if I apply myself relative to my uh, position and necessities, then uh, I'm, 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 my life is glorious. Now, how you look at that is, of course, <laughs> you have to see that because I need such and such, I need a wife, I need a husband, I need a house, and then I feel comfortable. Hmm? You have to monitor that, so you know, I just don't need, 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 but you know, I, I need a few things. If I get these few things, then my life is such that I feel whole enough materially. I've got enough of, of a horizontal foundation that I can really start to build vertically. 
and grow spiritually. Everybody needs some horizontal foundation. Even the monk, even the sannyasi, needs a needs a begging bowl, hmm? right? And he or she has a license for that. So I need my begging. But when I have my begging bowl, it's a problem. <laughs> How will I do my practice? I've got to eat, and I've got to use my begging bowl. It, it sounds simple, but it's the same same dilemma, if you will, that a householder has. The same provision. So that there, you have to have some horizontal kind of foundation to move vertically. Hmm? And that will be different for different people. Even amongst householders, different householders will be, you know, movers and shakers and need more and, and they'll do more and some will have need less and, and do less and that's fine. So that has to be kind of honestly evaluated and with good help, good guidance and so forth. Then we apply ourselves and then we think, I need these things. So these things are helping me in my bhakti. Therefore, I pay my obeisances to my children, to my wife, to my husband. I need, I see them as things that I need. I, mean, I don't mean in a, in a commodity-like way, but I need these persons in my life to feel whole so that I can practice bhakti. Therefore, they're venerable by me. Hmm? So if you can shift into this kind of thinking, you see, then even if you have to put your beads down to take care of your child, you don't have to, there's not this dichotomy by I was chanting, I was doing something spiritual, now I'm doing something material. Mm-hmm. This is a developed <laughs> kind of uh, thinking. Mm-hmm. You can abuse this, of course. I think Guru Maharaj just said, just take care of your kids, and it's just like chanting, you know? <laughs> no problem. That's what I like to do, you know? It's not a crap exactly like that. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But this is the... This is you have to bridge this gap between the apparent material and the spiritual. You can love your wife; it's okay. You can, in a very broad sense, you can say, "I'm trying to cultivate a stayibhav for Krishna," hmm? and I also like my wife. That is a shadow of a sanchari bhav hmm? that that will help me to and and, and to to cultivate my stayibhav, just like in rasa lila in in the lila itself, then. The stayibhav for Krishna is augmented by the love for a friend, another devotee. Hmm? Rupa Goswami brings that beautiful point up after his discourse on, on, on stayibhav at the end of the section there. He says, and there's another thing. We call it suhritrati, suhritrati, love of the friend. So nice because someone's thinking, he's predicting, he's he's he's, he's, he's kind of thinking, his audience may think, I spoke all this time about love of Krishna. Krishna is the center. All love in the spiritual world is centered around Krishna. It's a stayiba for Krishna. He's the object. He's the Vishaya Lambana. Hmm? And the devotee is the embodiment of the, of, the, of the love. But someone might think, how do devotees feel about one another? They all love Krishna. Doesn't, doesn't Nanda love Yashoda? How does that work? What's that called? Hmm? He says, oh, yes, okay. that is Suhitrati, love of the friend. Hmm? He speaks about it in a couple of ways, but in the basic idea, at least as I'm speaking about it now, is that this is a sanchari bhav. It augments the stai bhav. Now you want to take it down to sadhana, way down to sadhana. You think, I'm trying to cultivate a stai bhav for Krishna. And I have friends, and they help me. That's, what I, that's why they're my friends. Hmm? They help me in my bhakti. Hmm? If they don't help me in my bhakti, then I better help them <laughs> in their bhakti, be their friend. Then they'll be my friend. Hmm? 
But this is what we should help one another in our bhakti. We should tell a person what they need to hear. As as much as you think they can take it, or a little bit more, something like that. So you think like that, and then your 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 material surrounding environment starts to spiritualize to some extent. Yeah, I mean, in the Kali Yuga, you know, you pay your taxes, and they use it to blow up some other country or or open a, an abortion clinic or something like that. Um, that's why, that's why your disposable income, your fund money, should be spent on Vaishnavism. Hmm? That's what it means to be a Sharanagata in the context of household life, where you have a license for your own earning hmm? and fulfilling your own desires to a point in the context of pursuing Krishna consciousness. You have a little extra money. Some of that you have to use for fun. You have to have some rec- recreation. Yuktahara viharasya, yuktaswapnabhavodesha. What is it? Yogo babati dukaha. You have to be regulated in eating and sleeping and recreation. So you need some recreation. You cannot just, as I said, sometimes Prabhupada would say so. Now let us have some fun. You would tell a joke. I had an experience like that. <laughs> so some place for that. Hmm. Uh, and uh, beyond that, then you, you're, that disposable income, that when your fund becomes Vaishnavism, I want to see the temple grow. I want to see the book printed. I want to see this, this uh, such uh, projects grow. And, and, and I, my fun is to, to give my extra funding for that. Hmm. This is then how to live a life as a as a saranagata, a surrendered soul, in the context of household life. So you can do that. Hmm? And the fact that some percentage of your money will go for this and that, that will be all offset. It's carbon, you know, what do you call it? Offsets. <laughs> karma offsets. Karma offsets. Uh, There's uh, uh, no karma for the devotee. Hmm? There's no karma for the devotee. Hmm? Uh, what else? How's the cooking? Huh? So, do you want to serve some prashad? This is a big, uh, you know, week for eating here. It's all about eating, about honoring prashad. Jai Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Jai Sri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Bhakti Raksak Sri Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai, Gold Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai. Gold Premanandi. Adibo. And I should, as the Prasad is coming, further introduce my godbrother, Bhakti Vedanta Abhadut Maharaj. Ki Jai. Disciple of uh, our Guru Maharaj, he took sannyas from the Venerable Srila. Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj. Shri Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj Kijai. Uh, some years back, and he's a wandering mendicant that just appeared in the forest here. <laughs> so these are the kind of things that you can find at, at Saragrahi. <laughs> so, Maharaj. Thank you very much.
so I'm very happy to be here. Um, I was connected uh, to Ray Maharaj uh, when I first came back from Australia to America in 1976. I met him with Sri Rameshwar Prabhu when the book distribution was getting uh, hot all over the world. And then he came uh, to Australia. I forget what year, but he and some others um, incited the fire of book distribution there. And um, then uh, I think I didn't see him for quite a bit, but I did visit uh, the ashram in Santa Rosa. He Unfortunately, well, actually, before that, uh, I went to Eugene uh, the very day he sold the house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we met there with uh, a god brother named Matilda Dish. And uh, I'll always remember that experience because that's when I first met uh, Bumi and Dharma. <laughs> and uh, Dharma and I had a little rasa. <laughs> because uh, he was feeling uh, energetic and I was feeling pretty energetic back in those days so I grabbed his horns and started playing with him and while uh, Maraj and Mithiladish were talking we were pushing each other back and forth across the lawn and I got a little worn out from it all but uh, I couldn't you know, tell Dharma that that's enough <laughs> So he kept kept wanting to play, you know, pushing back and forth. So it was kind of funny. But anyway, he he went back to the barnyard eventually. Yeah. So I saw them again at Santa Rosa. I was very happy to see them. There was only a few devotees there then. And then uh, last year, I think it was the last year, I went to Costa Rica. I actually didn't know Maharaj had an ashram there. So I just learned that, but I wish I had known earlier because I was down in San Jose. So I'm very happy to, to meet him again and all the devotees here on this project. It's, it's a very wonderful idea, and I'm hoping it manifests very quickly to everyone's full satisfaction. Um, and um, the... I just wanted to say one thing about the point. I remember the the first devotee who questioned about the Sheila of Govardhan. Um, Maharaj got very, very uh, explicit and good reply. Uh, and I remember reading in uh, the prayers to Govardhan by Raghunath uh, Das, he also addressed Govardhan as a Sakya, a friend of Radha and Krishna. Like he mentioned, Vishwanath Tagore also said regarding the, the hills of Govardhan and so on. And uh, the prayer uh, which Radharani spoke in Bhagavatam on time, Adir Hari Rasabalya, Yadrama Krishna Charna Svarja Pramodaha, that Govardhan is Das, his servant. That's the capacity he's worshipped. And uh, 
uh, one of my reverable Siksha gurus after Srila Prabhupada passed was Srila Gauragavind Maharaj, and they had asked him about devotees who are worshipping the Srila as Krishna. And he had actually said that, no, this is not correct based on the standard that Radharani herself has said this is that Govardhan is Haridasa Varya, best of the devotees, more so than Narada and Yudhisthira and Rudava. And uh, they describe how devotees were putting the peacock feather in flute. And they say, was well, this correct? And he actually said, no, this is not, they should not do it. But he, he should be worshipped in the position and the uh, in category as the Das, the servant of Krishna. And of course, I also heard it said that Govardhan itself has emerged from the heart of Radharani. So of all the servants, of course, she is described as the best. So ultimately, we conceive of Govardhan as the very heart of Srimati Radharani. But anyway, it's a very interesting discussion, and uh, the perspectives of our acharyas are also always wonderful. So, <clears throat> thank you again for allowing me here, and I, I hope uh, this week will be a great inspiration, uh, especially uh to render service and, and take responsibility, as Maharaj is saying, to do something, to take on some capacity in uh, establishing the mission of Lord Chaitanya. Uh, not that I'm the best example, always moving around, but maybe I can follow Maharaj's example because we we do have one nice devotee uh, where I'm staying in Florida who is now committed to establishing something um, in Florida with the money she's carried over from her business enterprises. So we're hoping something will happen there in the near future. So thank you very much. Thank you.